This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. It's been a fairly busy and wonderful week for us. Sorry, I had to come closer to you. I not trusting myself, I may step up that edge, so I think it's safer here. Amen. Uh, we thank God for the drama festival yesterday. Come on, let's put our hands together. It's getting better. And shall get better and better still in Jesus' name. If you miss it, you better mark next year. The Lord will preserve all of us. Dare not miss it again. Amen. All right, this is the 13th of August, year of our Lord, 2017. And the Lord has laid it on our hearts that we should lay emphasis this month on the topic, New Beginning. Amen? And I discovered that one of the things that can stop a person from going into the plan and purpose of God for their lives is that thing that we shall discuss today. And one thing that can hasten a person into the place the Lord has planned for them is the other part of what we shall discuss today. I normally like to throw these teasers to you. I don't know if anybody has has got an idea of what this could be. You want to go into your new beginning? Something is almost definitely it will be the one thing that will stop the person and uh, something the opposite, nearly the opposite of it and I've told you it's not quite the opposite is what will hasten you into it. Any guess? And eh? your past. Good. So we will talk about fighting your fear and feeding your faith. Fighting your fear and feeding your faith. Fear is primarily her spirit. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Fear is a spirit. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. So you could know now why the Lord dropped that word in our heart. There are people sitting in the house whom the enemy had injected through the spirit of fear into their hearts and their thoughts are no longer sound. The mind, not necessarily requiring medical treatment or even deliverance, but thoughts come into our mind sometimes that we are wondering where is this coming from. Fear is a spirit. And fear has to be fought. Fear is not something that you all learn. As many will make us believe. Fear is not something that you begin to do things that will make you, you need to push it back forcefully. It comes like a wave. And that's why many at times we are powerless over fear. And the strange thing is that actually, God did not originally create us to fear. When a child is born, there are only two things that we discover a child is born with in terms of fear. Only two types of things that a child reacts to fearfully. Or put another way, only two types of fear 
does the child have when the child is born? You know, you know them? Fear of falling. When you carry a child and you try to drop a child, a child will do like that. It's inbuilt into the child. Number two is the fear of a loud noise. When a child, you carry a child and you clap your hands suddenly, a child will jump. But the good thing about that, just to tell you that God did not create you a night of fear, is that those two things, we all have mastered them very quickly through life. You agree with me? Even if there's a long bank upstairs, more, most people in this room, I like to believe, before you start jumping, you first calculate in your head, what will it be? Is it a bomb? God forbid it could not be a bomb. Well, somehow you don't jump immediately. You agree with me? So as you go through life, we even have learned to control that fear. Uh, fear of falling. Some of us, we still don't like heights. Um, as long as the height is enclosed, I don't mind. You see, I love heights. <laughs> you know, I don't mind flying in a plane if it's all glass. Uh, no, no, not quite. I mean, there was a time, you know, we were in a place, I think somewhere in North America, and they, they call it um, skywalking. You know, what they do is that it's all glass. It's not quite skywalking. In actual fact, it's, um, they decided to make, like, all the, so many floors, 20 floors, possibly more, and then underneath your feet will be glass. Yes, it's here already. And for some strange reason, I love feeling the ground under me. So I look at that and I said, no, I will stay at the edge. But even at that, as human beings, God has taught us to various degrees to deal with that. You agree with me? Fear is not what God has wired into us to function. So if the fear is operating because somebody has put it out, not to put it there. The only one fear we all get to know, which we should not, and sadly so, those of us that should not have that fear, we still have that fear. Apart from other fears we'll talk about today, is the fear of death. I don't know why believers we should be. If I'm afraid to die now, it's not because I'm afraid, but because so that I will not cause grief for my people. The Apostle Paul said that I rather depart, because some of the prayers, I've been having struggle to address this one. Some of the prayers, be, Lord, I thank you I'm alive. Today I thank you I'm alive so that my people will not weep. Because the Bible says to be absent with the, from the body is to be what? To be present with the Lord. The apostle said, I'd rather actually be with the Lord. He said, but for your sake, I will stay here. And the Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 15, he said there are some people who all, all their life, they live in bondage to fear. Hebrews 2 15. Many of us, we still fear death. We should not. If you are saved and you are born again, you are at the fullness of time, you will go and be with the Lord. And there's no fear. Somebody say, no fear. Oh, if any person is not born again, and your acts are not together, you better fear. Because the end of the story is not as rosy as it is for those that are born again and are children of God. Hallelujah. We are not born to fear. Amen. And from now on, you will live in the fullness of the will and purpose of God for yourself. Those who fail, they fail because of fear. As much as you may not want to accept it. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, 
Numbers 13, verse 33, there was a particular group of people. In fact, the majority of children of Israel, they subscribed unto that. Because they were afraid of confronting the enemy ahead of them, they lost the opportunity of entering to the promised land. By the special grace of God, you will not miss your chance of entering to your promised land. Fear shall be done away with in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the devil knows that if he can make a person to fear, the battle is half won. Because fear immobilizes. And the children of Israel in that place, when they saw the giant, the descendants of Anak, who came from the giants, and they were even describing them so well. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. We lose battles because the enemy knows that the first messenger he sends ahead is fear. Fear of a bad diagnosis. Fear of lack of resources. Fear of shame. Some of those fears, in right proportion, they may be beneficial, but more often than not, they are counterproductive. Hallelujah. Those who fail, they fail because of Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. Matthew 14, verse 30. We saw Peter doing marvelous things. But when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, that was Peter when he was walking on the water, doing something wonderful already. He was afraid. What happened to me? He was afraid. Uh, read it together with me. Beginning to do what? Fear immediately turned victory into failure. May the Lord deliver you and I from the grip of fear. May we live a fearless life in the name of the Lord Jesus. There are some people that are not even believers that they tend to be bolder than we that are Christians. And I used to share with you, time pass, and I'll repeat it again for those that did not hear it. There are various levels of boldness that a person should have. I pray by the special mercy of the Lord, such boldness shall be common in our midst. We shall no longer be fearful. There's the one that we call natural boldness. Mentioned that to you before. Some people, they are naturally bold. They are born that way. I wasn't born with a natural boldness. Maybe a majority of you were not. I had some of them as primary school colleagues when we were young. Natural boldness can mix with foolishness at times. But it can be very good. For instance, they will be the one that will lead riots. And they will tell and say, they will stand in front. I was in a boarding school. He said, we don't want rice. And they will carry the placard. And in the dormitory, they will tell us in the morning, everybody, we are marching to the principal's office this morning. And we're going to tell him, we don't want rice. I look at one or two like me. Are you going? They will just keep quiet. And this, we don't want rice. Truly and truly, they will march to the principal's office. I dare not. If my father hears it, I'm dead. But they were naturally bold. And God even expects us as believers sometimes to manifest such concerning what is going on around us. To be able to say, we don't want this. And in the place of prayer, we can win that we don't want. 
We don't want ungodly relationship that is outside the word of God. We don't want this. We don't want that. Then there's the next one that we called um, Christian boldness. I should not forget it. I, I keep it in my fingertips. Christian boldness. Christian boldness is the one that you have where you give your life to Christ. Amen? And I, I, I got that. Naturally, I, you know, many of us, we, we were raised in homes in which children are to be seen and not to be heard. When I got born again, I discovered I started having some uncommon boldness. I was challenging some things that were not godly within the family setup, albeit very cautiously. Boldness came. If you are born again, you should be working in that. They should not just keep your mouth shut for nothing. Hallelujah. And of course, that's what we call spirit-giving boldness, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then finally, you have the gift of boldness, the one that operated in the like of Elijah. Believe you me, too, boldness. Those prophets, they were, those prophets of Bear, they were going to kill him. And the man said, today, we're going to do the contest. And I pray this gift of boldness will manifest in our lives from time to time in Jesus' name. Those who fail, they fail because of fear. There was a man that we celebrate a lot in the scriptures. His name is Job. Job failed in part because of his fear. You know that. Job chapter 3 verse 25. Job 3 25. And it was a very funny man. The way he was living his life. Very funny. I think in chapter 1 or so, um, you know, he was, what does he say? He said, for the thing I greatly feared has done what? And what I dreaded has why will he wake up to be dreading that all his children will die one day? That's not godly. That's why if you've been having such funny visitation of the dead, we shall end today. Amen. Why should you be fearing that for some reason that, you know, blessing you are looking for, it will never happen? Why are you thinking that, you know, the children will not come? Why are you thinking that the husband and the wife will not come? Why, 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 why are you fearing? What he has greatly feared has come upon him, that thing that he dreaded eventually happened. Why are you thinking you will be brought to shame? Why are you thinking that your house, will, yes, it may be staring you in the face, yet it will not be repossessed? Why are you thinking that it will be so bad that you might even, you know, completely lose your mind because of the pressure of life? The thing that he greatly feared has come upon him. And he was living it out. In chapter 1, there was a place, the Bible says, he will sacrifice for his children, one by one, in case they made a mistake. Let me check it for you. In case they made a mistake, that, um, you know, Let's see. Think around verse 16. Um, oh, I would like to read that for Verse what? Five. Very good. Very good. Okay, good. Let's, let's start from verse 3. Job chapter 1, verse 3. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 feet, thank you, Father, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. Well made. Verse 4. And his sons will go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and will send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Verse 5. See what this man was doing. So it was, when the days of feasting are on their course, that Job will send and sanctify them. And he will rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. Each child, this is your burnt offering. God, don't let evil happen unto them. For Job said, listen, it may be that my sons have sinned 
and cause God in their hearts. This Job, or thus Job, how? How did he do it? I was a fearful man. Before we start celebrating Job as a man of faith, he was too full of fear. Oh, what can go wrong? Let us pray this prayer. and Let us give this offering. Let us, don't face anything. You are safe in Jesus. Many of the things that we can't, as, and the Lord has been unburdening me sometimes, especially some of the specific prayers that I pray, Lord, don't let this go wrong. He's been asking me to shut my mouth. Why don't you trust in me? Praise God more. Pray in the Holy Spirit more. And rather not live your life according to the dictates of the enemy, who will always see disaster happening and never good happening. Saul failed because he was a fearful man. The people of Philistine, they gathered against him one day. And the man was so afraid that he could not instill confidence in his followers. That's why I don't believe that anyone here, as the Lord is leading us, you should fear anymore. I'm going to mention one of those points. Sometimes when you have a person or you have people that are strong in the midst of a group, fear will begin to vanish. That's why I'm asking for a few of you. Let us grow together in strength. Let us go together fearless. Just by us being around others, suddenly their fears will be vanishing. Does that make sense to somebody? Do you want to be one of those? The people will be wondering, what is your confidence? He said, my confidence is in the Lord. Why are you so, so sure that this thing will not end badly? Because I know God is on my side. Fear must be banished. And so, you will not fail because fear shall be banished in our lives. I first mentioned that we are not born to fear. I mentioned that those who fail, they fail because of fear. Fear is also oppressive. Fear paralyzes. Fear paralyzes. Without any doubt in my mind, I know this is a church preaching and uh, people can listen to it all over. I have very strong spiritual evidence. I don't have any medical evidence yet. That diseases like cancer they are primarily spiritual forces attacking people. Because before anyone whatsoever that is diagnosed of that scourge called cancer, the first thing that enters to them is what? And fear is very stressful. And once stress enters to a person, it reduces the person's immunity. And once immunity is down, cancer spreads more. What a synergy by the devil. And so, before anything, I've seen it too many times. A person that has otherwise been okay, the day they give the diagnosis, it starts going down, you know. Before that time, no problem. It will be okay. It will be going around. He might just say, I have this little back pain. They say, okay, let's just do an x-ray. Do that x-ray. Ah, go for CT scan. They do CT scan. And they say, ah, there's something pressing somewhere. And then they say, put in a needle and just take a needle biopsy or do a limited close biopsy. At least take a tissue, I put it on a microscope. Uh, I said microphone, microscope. And they put it under, he's a preacher now, you know. I, I think microphone more than microscope. And they put it under a microscope. And then under the microscope, they came the results. They say it is this type of cancer. And from our investigation, it does not respond to XYZ chemotherapy. Radiation, maybe, and they will paint all the pictures. They may, no matter how wisely and lovingly the doctor puts it, the spirit of fear enters. And he enters the person that walked into the hospital in two weeks down. 
Because fear. You've been doing your work very well. And you know there's no threat unto you. And people are not turning around you. That we don't know the future of this company. You've been okay up to that time. It was the day they mentioned it. That's the way mistakes start happening. Fear has entered. Brethren, when I was thinking of this, I said, Lord, if you ask me one thing to remove from this world, well, you won't remove it. Because we need the good fear. Remove this unreasonable fear. I spend a great part of my life resisting and fearing it. And I know by the special grace of God as my master one, we shall all win. First Peter chapter 4 verse 18, you know that very well. He said, he that feareth is not perfect in love. For perfect love casted out for fear has torment. Fear is tormenting. Fear must be fought under fear. And then I talk a little bit about faith and we will pray. Fear must be fought. Amen? James chapter 4 verse 7. He says, submit to God, <clears throat> resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Fear must be fought. You can't, you can't dilly-dally with fear. You can't, when people are fearful around you, walk away. If you have the authority, tell them to shut up. And that's why many times I, have, I, have, I appear very abrupt. Usually I appear very abrupt where people are manifesting fear around me, especially about things that concern everybody, even about their own life. The reason is that I myself, I need something to hold me where I am. Don't pull me down. I'm barely standing there. Don't start telling me that. They don't, don't, don't kill the little faith that is building in me. Don't let people talk fear around you and keep quiet. I've seen it so many times. Folks walking, and you could see written all over them that they are so afraid. I've seen men, full-grown men, shaking in fear about things that you think we should not fear about. Shall salary come in? Shall it not come in? The one that is coming in shall be enough. Shall it not be enough? It's important that you fight fear. Amen? Fight it. Don't toy with it. Jesus Christ our Lord fought it. Matthew chapter 16, 21 to 23. That's my take on that verse. Matthew 16, 21. That's my take. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Amen? Then Peter took him aside. And when they want to do it, sometimes they don't do it publicly. But I want to make you fear. They will call you on one side. I saw those one you are saying outside is okay. Between you and I, this thing is bad. They don't say it publicly. They will call you aside. Two Jesus aside. I'm the one that loves you. All this one, they don't know what you are talking about. Far be it from you, Lord. This will happen not to you. Verse 23. But he turned. Who turned? And what did he say to Peter? What did he call him? Fear is a spirit. That's the spirit of fear, they say. And to confirm to me that that was a very difficult and dangerous area for our Lord. Because he lived there as a human being, so that we can, we can associate with him, we can, we can understand that every feeling that we had, he had. When he got to get the man, the same matter came up again. Did it not? Are you following me? Did that matter come up and get the man again? Did he walk straight to the cross like that? No. 
It was an ongoing issue for the Lord. No matter how much you want to. And thank God he overcame. The issue of the cross. He knew what was involved. And somebody was now telling him that, you know, you know let's, let's manage it somewhere. Jesus didn't want to bring that topic up along the line because he knew, don't make me to change my mind. In Acts chapter 21, another man was threatened. What I'm telling you is that when somebody is having a pity party around you, and I will mention that later on, disperse them. Tell them to go. It might seem nice, it might seem that they love you, but they are doing more damage unto you. Empathy is good. But pity party is no use. In Acts chapter 21, what does it say there? You will fight fair today. I say you will fight fair. And you will win in the name of Jesus. Now it came to pass that when he had departed from them, Paul that was and set sail, running a straight course, we came to course the following day to Rhodes and from there to Patara. Are you starting from verse 1? I say verse 13, please. Verse 13, if you may. Thank you. Okay, then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and uh, for I am ready not only to be bound, but also to uh, Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't make me afraid. It's a particular saying, one of the languages that I speak, he said when you you know, when you ask, when an sympathizer sees what you are going through and say, ah, we've never seen anything like this. It's not helping you. That's a sympathizer. You're trying to tell him, ah, this is what I'm going through. He says, ah, that's what you are going through. The last man that went through it, in fact, within two hours, the man evaporated. You are relating your matter to people and they can't calmly listen unto you and say, you know what? You will go through. You know what? God is on the throne. They are not your best counselor. And some of us, that when we challenge us, and we say, stop fearing, you say, he does not care. We care. Because I know that if I walk with you to the place of fear, it's not telling you that we get lost there. I don't want to go there. No, I don't want. I'm not, I'm not coming with you to the place of fear. Hallelujah. So, let's talk about faith now. We said, fighting our Fighting our, and what do we do to our faith? Why f- fear is a spirit? Faith is not a spirit, oh. Faith is a lifestyle. For the just shall live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. It's a way you live. Faith is, is the principle by which you run your life. Faith, there are standard rules and regulations. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he said everyone has been given a measure of faith so that you can sow it and your faith can grow. If you have a faith as small as a mustard seed, he said you can say unto a mountain, that is, that little faith can grow. Faith must be nurtured. Fear must be fought. Fear is an event. Faith is a process. And I say, so they're not direct opposites. Many times we're trying to parley with fear. No, 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 no. You fight it. And for faith, we are believing that one day, faith will just come up in you like that. No, you grow it. Did you see the difference now? We're using the wrong principle. Some just jump up one day. They want to stand up and uh, stand in front of um, the citadel or up on Union Street and say, all of Abadid, be saved. Faith doesn't come like that. 
It comes by you witnessing unto your neighbor. And then, if the Lord counts you faithful, he can allow you to lead ten to him, fifty to him. If he counts you faithful, if it's the area of healing, he will help you and give you the anointing to heal various kinds of diseases and sicknesses. But it must be grown. Hallelujah. I was reading a book. Because where I am, most of the time, um, you know, God pushed me to a place so that as a means of feeling for where the majority of the church is. And I think this is where most of us are. This area of building up. Some of us are emerging from it. And so I've been reading around that just for my own growth for quite a few months now. And I was reading a book, and the man was talking, very good writer. I love good writers. I, and that's another thing that some of us, we need to fight. You don't need to be expert before you start. I should be writing, but, but, but I, I want to be very, very good before. I've released many people to write books. One major writer in this city, you know, he still carry, if I wrote it in the first book, he sent some blogs to me. I said, man, you can write. And he woke up and started writing. He's written 10 books now. I went to somewhere in England. I was telling people. I said, I've helped many people to start writing. That even if I take a third of what they are writing, I should have a big library myself in terms of books I would have written. And so this man is a very good writer, fantastic writer. And so he was describing unto me, and I got caught on in the way he was describing it. He said in his old church where he was, he said one of the elders was teaching on faith in that church and was telling them how to grow their faith. So, and he did it like a series, as they do in most of the, uh, in some congregational churches like that. So he said, first week he taught them on why you must face, uh, have faith. Second week, he taught them on the, the result of not having faith. So he was waiting patiently for third week when he's going to talk about how to have faith or what faith is all about. And then eventually, when it came to the third week, the man talked about um, the path of faith to heaven, something unrelated, but nothing practical for him. So he then said he's going to address the issue in his book. And you can imagine my expectation. So he said now, he couldn't get the answer from them. They've tried to define faith for him. they tried to explain in simple terms for him. If I ask what is faith, faith is if uh, sometimes of his fault for, I explain it, he probably won't be able to explain it. So I was waiting for him. When he wrote his sentence, I was more confused. At that stage, I said, Lord, I will make my own stab at it. Get ready to be more confused after my own. But go and get yours as well. What is faith? I believe faith is trusting God no matter what. Believing all will end well. Faith is believing God no matter what. Believing all will end well. There are processes that will lead you to that. Past things that God has done. What his word says. And because of our time, since we need to pray today, you know many people that succeeded in the Bible based on faith. Go and read the whole of Hebrews chapter 11. We have picked many there, but I will skip that one. David was a good example that stood out. He was a great man of faith. Believed that no matter what, God will show up for him. He had so many struggles. 17 years old thereabout. Was being chased around by people believe that um, Saul at that time in his 40s to 50s. Quite a father unto him. 
chasing him. That boy stood his ground. Oh, what a man. First faced the lion, he killed the lion. Faced the bear, killed the bear. Goliath came, killed Goliath. Absalom came, overcame Absalom. Up to his deathbed, rebellion was going on in his life. That even um, Adonijah decided to take the throne when the man was still alive. He was holding a party. Even when the man was so, we couldn't get up the bed. The Bible said he bowed unto the new king on his bed, which means he was, you know, a mobile by that time. He was immobile by that time. That was David for you. And right on his deathbed, he had the sharpness of mind. Organized how they can get Solomon to be enthroned the king. He said, get this one, get that one, get that one. Get him to ride on my mule. Wow. Up to his deathbed. Perfect. The only mistake he made, he never repeated it. And human beings are very horrible. He had a problem with, you know, with um, Beersheba, you remember? And when the man was old and couldn't get one, they then looked all over Israel for him for... So can keep the king warm. So there's no more blankets in uh, Israel. Some people that want to help you, they may want to kill you. But the man said, not again. I've been born once, not again. The Bible said he'd never touched the girl. And that girl was actually another thing that eventually killed Adonijah. Go and read the rest of the story. That was a man of faith. He always believed all will be well. He never complained. He could have complained. Yeah, he wrote some songs that, oh Lord, send help unto me. But faith made him to believe that somehow God will come true. It might not be my way, but eventually it shall be well. I declare over you today, no matter what, it shall be well. I say it shall be well. Oh, but you said, but things have gone so low. It couldn't be as low on a personal level. Could it be as low as Lazarus? That was low. And check the story in John chapter 11. No matter what. God is able to reverse things because of our time so that we can have some things to work upon. I mention whatever, five, six points are called a lifestyle of faith. What is involved? What does a lifestyle of faith involve? Or how can you live a lifestyle of faith? Number one, learn to pray for everything and believe for answers. Luke chapter 1 Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Learn to pray for everything and believe God for answer. Very interesting parable the Lord Jesus Christ shared there in Luke chapter 18. He said there was a king who was a bad king, and a woman went unto the king and was... Um, put it on the screen for us, please. Let's read scripture together. If you use that as illustration. Okay, go back to verse 1, please. Okay, then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose... Okay, that is the beginning of the story. Follow it very well. We will read through quickly. Number two, quickly. Saying there was in a city, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God or regard man. Amen? Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. The king would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Ah, though I do not fear God nor regard man. That's as bad as a person can be. Verse 5, please. Yet, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge, judge said. Verse 7, please. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he be a slug with them? Stop there. 
The, the Lord was teaching on what there? What was he teaching on there? Okay, what, what is the big topic the Lord was talking on? Thank you. He was talking on? Okay. Then, the extra point the Lord was teaching on there was what? Persistence in prayer. So, he was teaching on prayer and what? Persistence in prayer. And he gave a good example that you know the rest of the story. Go to verse 8 now and see what the Lord said there. Just to tell you that it was more than prayer. Was talking about. Verse 8, what does he say? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, we read together. When will he develop that point for me? Class. He's talking about prayer. Talking about persistence in prayer. And he concluded it with faith. What is that point? It's a display of faith. Both put together. The only way we know you have faith is when you keep praying. It's not that way. Every other thing is by the way. The only way we know you have faith is what? No matter how tired you feel, no matter, Lord, it has not happened. The moment you stop praying, so the question about when should I stop praying is a mute question. I've been praying to God for a particular thing. I've believed in Him. I've given, you know, I've vowed. I've done this. I've done that. And when should I stop? Should I be importunate? Should I be not? All those things that is nothing. The long and short of it is that show me your faith, show me your prayer, and I will see your faith. Stay there. The evidence that I have faith is that I'm still praying for revival in this city. I still pray that many people in undress will walk through that door if the Lord decides to delay. Say they want to worship God in this place. I've not stopped praying that because I believe. The moment you stop praying about a thing, means what? You don't have faith about it. Use that as your check. Number two point. A lifestyle of faith. Read the word aloud, I put. Do the word and test the word. And I'll move quickly through that one. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing. Okay? Pray. There is no reason in this generation why you cannot. We play all those useless clips, I'm sorry, on those WhatsApp or Facebook or Instagram or all the... Why don't you just for once, even if for only 10 minutes a day, discipline yourself. You will get your free Bible app to read the scripture to your hearing. It is awesome. I was traveling yesterday on the way going. I was meditating, praying. On the way back, very last, went there to brief, you know, minister. On my way back, very last, listened to music. I wasn't just being blessed by music anymore. It wasn't just touching me. Just put on the, you know, on the same thing. Just put on the Bible to be reading. My, oh, my, I was in cloud nine. I mean, taking me into incredible beauty about the word of God. The wise, they will do the simple things. Those ones that are too clever than us, they will say it doesn't work. The wise will start this week. They will start playing scripture to their own hearing. And by next week, they will start coming with their testimonies. They will. The word of God never fails. Mentioned to you before, before the days of Bible reading, I don't know how we're going to stand in heaven. I'm, I'm a very, I'm full of relativity, you know. 
I believe that God is just, you know, unto whom much is given, much is expected. You believe that? That's it. So if you come from a very rich family and you blow it, you are in a bad, worse place than the one who comes from places where there are no opportunities. And you can extend that. I used to wonder, when we don't have Bible apps, we are reading Bible more. So there was mention a few we should be carrying. We don't need to carry hard copies. It's even easier without carrying big book. Now, why do why must let me see your Bible? Did you bring your big book? It's good. It's good. How many of you came to church today with your Bible? Hard copy of the Bible? Hard copy of the Bible. Printed Bible. Please leave it. I want to see the person with the biggest one. <laughs> and you might get a prize. That man is shooting his own love very well. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you. That's all we had before. And we read them until they are threadbare. We read them until there were no lines. Now, anywhere, any place. Nobody will even know you are listening to scripture. You can be behind your console. I'm not asking you to use the time they are paying you for to be listening to scripture. But you might decide not to even go for a break. You start behind your, 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 your computer or whatever, plug it in, and listen to scripture. We cannot overemphasize that. Because there's nothing that we have gone through that they've not gone through there. And they had answers. Test the word. Malachi chapter 1 verse 10. He said, and test me if I will not open the windows of heaven. If you read something in the Bible, test God. Lord, you are faithful. People that were not even... And, if you listen to this story I've told you before, when uh, Reverend Liar, if you listen to the um, convention preaching, when he was talking about Manasseh, did anybody listen? Oh, incredible. I've mentioned it here. I've thought it's, it's, it's my favorite. You know, Manasseh was. That's why I don't see the reason why anybody should worry somebody is bad. You should not worry whether you are bad. I've mentioned that to you many times. It was, it, when I read it, even when the man was still saying it, he nearly brought tears to my eyes. I said, what kind of God are you? Why are you this good? What's the matter? I mean, this guy, this is as bad as they get. I mean, this man installed idol in the temple, God forgive. Now, when you read all those things from the Bible, the devil cannot whisper to you, your sin is too big. That's what we are telling you about. Go and read in the Bible. Those are the things the devil will never let my past trouble me. Never, never. The God that forgave Manasseh, forget it. The devil never make me to be threatened that somebody is so bad around me or whoever that cannot be changed. If you forgive Manasseh, I don't believe any other human being in this world can be as wicked as that guy. Try me. I tell that people who are not that wicked in their own little way. The man blew people up. He sacrificed his own child. Life through fire. Burnt, burnt. That man was devil incarnate. If not that God has sealed the, the fate of devil, we almost may be tempted that you can even forgive devil, but that one is sealed already. What I'm telling you, go back to the scripture. Are you hearing me? Make the Bible your friend. It's not for preachers. It's for everybody. Thank God the Lord has delivered us from that error that was in the you know, Roman Catholic Church when they say only preachers should have the Bible. Now it's everywhere. Let me take one or two more and then we'll quickly pray because of our time. Keep the right company. Amen? I mentioned that all along. Do what? I wrote something down here. I said, pity parties like all parties will eventually end. Did you get that? Pity parties we what? There is no... Why, we used to party. 
Thank God God delivered us. And we party. At the end of the day, we shall all disperse. We can't, no matter how, even if you want to do seven days party, you are that rugged. After seven days, you must, must go. So if you are having a pity party, X is there with you, Y is there, everybody is there. Oh, 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 ah. After a time, they will go their way. And you'll be left on your own. And one other thing that I noted here, I wrote this one. I said, empathy is good. And empathy is good. It's good to be empathized. I hope you understand this one. But end party is better. End the party of sorrow. It's better. I'd rather have solution than, than being sorry. Oh, we are sorry. Thank you for your being sorry. I'd rather you are not sorry and you're coming with solution for me. And that's why I'm praying that from amongst us, solutions will come. And we shall not just end at the place of empathy. Very quickly, focus less on yourself. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Uh, When Peter stopped worrying about not catching fish, something happened for him. And we mentioned that on Wednesday. Spend less time praying for yourself. Try God for one week. Amen? Just, 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 Just go to a new mood and see God... We, we, the way we put it is that, you know, do, um, do for God what God will not, not cannot, that's what he cannot do. What God will not do for himself, and God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Did you hear me? Do for God what God will not do for you. God will not preach for himself. God will not intercede. He will expect us to intercede for others. God chose not to. He will not. He just chose not. No, they can't. There's nothing he can do. But if you want him to do what you can do, let there be a swap. Hallelujah. See every problem as opportunity to grow your faith. Oh, my dear Lord, my Father, rub this deep into our hearts. Oh, we shall have low moments. Of course I know. But if deep in your heart you know that what you are going through will grow your faith and make you better, you'll be better equipped to go through it. Finally, let your prophet speak into your life. Let your prophet speak. Some of you, you don't have anybody that you can say amen to their prayer. We make declaration, you just say, I can pray my own. And the Bible tells me in the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verse 13, it said, by a prophet, God brought out Israel, and by a prophet, he took them in. You need people who can speak, who can make declaration. And it's not just amen, your heart must be there. Now, many are times when declarations are made by people that the Lord has placed over me as prophets, some of them are even church members. And when they pray, I know that there's an unction behind their prayer that is for me. Don't run it. It increases your faith. There are times when we shall be low in faith or have prophets, have people who speak into your life. And as they do so, your life will never remain the same in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Will you fight your fear? Are you sure? Will you feed your faith? Jump up with me and let us pray. Hallelujah. You cannot and you will not be defeated. Are you awake now? I say you cannot and you will not be defeated. Some of you... You have testified in time past. This thing will swallow me. This thing, I can't come out of it. You've come out of it or no. Yes or no. 
the advantage I have, not as a guest minister, <laughs> but as a resident man, as a brother amongst you, I know your stories. You know my story. So, guest minister can come in, can be as I do when I go to can feel here, unless God reveals things to you. I know where you are coming from. I know where you are. By the special grace of God. Of course, God knows all things far more than I do, but I know enough to be able to say, He that solved it before we solve it again. He will do it again. That problem will not terminate your journey. And probably you are new. We don't know your story well. Here are the testimonies they give week in, week out. In the same place, God has solved their problem. Yours will be solved. It will be solved. Before my very eyes, as many as I've been saying, Lord, it's been so many years, by the special mercy of God, you are coming back here to testify. You testify about your children. Testify about your spouse. In your career, you will testify. In your health, you will testify. But make sure you continue to stay on the Lord's side. Don't leave me more. It's your health. No matter how bad it is, don't threaten I will leave God. Ah, people do. What are you talking about? People do. A man said it. Pastor Ralph told me. He knew the man. The man said, God, I gave my life to you for five years. Where I am now, I'm not impressed by what you have done. Give me another two years to manage it myself. And he said it loud and clear. He said, give me two years. Deal. After two years, I can come back. If I didn't make it. I didn't know the rest of the story. So that I don't make it up. But some of us will not express it. It may just be recess of our hearts. From today, this house shall be filled with faith. Anybody walking past, because your faith is, can be contagious. Anyone be walking past you and you see the person down. And the Spirit of the Lord will move you and say, what's the matter with you? The Lord is in control. And as you say, the person's heart will leap with joy. That's the community of faith God wants to build here. Do you want to be that part of that community? Do you want to be a functioning member of that community? Let's quickly deal with this raw thing called, this raw evil called fear. So we're going to declare from that second, second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. We're going to declare it over your own life as the apostle declared it to the life of his pastor. Timothy was the pastor over a whole city of Ephesus. And he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to see faith leaping here. Faith growing here. Men and women strong, taking on the devil. Well, let's deal with this monster called fear force. As he deal with it, it's with by his head. Shall we pray it as confession and say, Father, the word says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I confess, I decree, 
I declare with my mouth that I do not have the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and declare that over your life. Resist the devil. You don't belong. You don't belong. Why are you fearful about that, your son? Why are you fearful about that, your daughter? Why are you fearful about that, your job? God has not given us the spirit of fear. We resist every fear. We say, no fear, Lord. The work of the kingdom shall increase. It shall enlarge. Why are you afraid about that pregnancy? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? God has spoken and it shall come to pass. Why are you afraid about that health? Why are you afraid that the next checkup you are going for, the liar shall get out of our lives. I do not have the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of love and of power of a sound mind. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. You, you, will, shout, you will shout, I shall not faint. Boston. You will not faint. You will not faint. Where you are supposed to stand, you will stand your ground. No matter how it may look ugly to you, God is walking behind it. By the spirit of the risen Christ, I declare and I decree, anyone who is fainting in their spirit, receive life today in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will shout for yourself, I say, I shall not fail, but shall stand and possess my possession. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and call on him. We is able to do it. Come on, call on him. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you honor and praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. He said, let this mind be in you, which was first in Christ Jesus. And he applied it to some other things in Philippians chapter 2, beginning from verse 4 or verse 5. I want you to now pray that same prayer. But you're going to apply it in the area of faith. Let this man, the same word that he said, let there be light, and there was light. You will declare it over your own soul. You will say, let the mind of Christ be in me. Let the mind of faith be in me. Let the mind of power be in me. Let the mind of love be in me. Let my life be filled and be wired in such a way that I will have a sound mind. You're going to confess as in the name of Jesus. I take the word of God in my mouth. And I say, let the mind of Christ be in me. Express in me. Manifest in me. The mind of love. Must pray very well. The mind of power and the mind that is sound in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and declare that as our last prayer point. Come on, declare that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, I receive the mind of faith strong in the Lord. Unwavering in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, you brought me this far. You won't leave me now, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Every form of sickness in this room. Some of you, a particular person, you are here. You have been saying in your mind, Lord, let him call out that there will be ministration for sickness. I think you came here specifically for pain. Having pain in some part of your body. Specifically, the lower part of your body. But for all those that are ill in the house, please lift your hand. Or you want to stand in the gap for anybody, just lift your hand. By the word of declaration, the healing virtue of the Lord will flow. I want all of us to join our faith with mine as I begin to declare. Father, in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are called the great physician. By your spirit and by your power, I declare every form of ailment in this room, every form of sickness in this room, let the healing virtue from my Lord and my master flow right now and touch and heal you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the faith to continue to hold on to the healing you are receiving now, receive that faith as well in the name of Jesus. You will come back and testify and the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, Father, I pray. From now onward, we banish completely and totally the successful functioning and operation of the spirit of fear. We banish it in our lives. We banish it in our families. We banish it in this local church. Father, let it stay banished in the name of the Lord Jesus. He will try, but he will fail. By the same token, receive the spirit and the mind of Christ to be able to grow and feed your faith like never before in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are a victor, not a vanquished. You are an overcomer, not an overcome. And by the special grace and mercy of the Lord, a strong community of faith we shall become in Jesus' name. What shall we supposed to say? Thank you, Father. Faithful and true you are. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.